Yes, this season has given us unexpected expectations, shocking performances. But if there's one consistency, it's been the New York Giants once again. Don't know how to win football games and struggling each and every week. We're going to talk about, is it back to square one? And why one of us thinks did the Giants ever have and start from square one? We'll tell you who that is next. Also, it's a quarterback-driven league in this NFL. We all know the quarterback gets the love, the MVP votes, the player of the year. But is it a chance, since it's been so wide open this entire season, that we can see a running back take the glory this year? Jonathan Taylor, can he? And we'll give you our weekly Keys of the City Top 10 Rankings next on Keys of the City. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City pre-Thanksgiving. So we give you a quick little gift before the holiday season starts tomorrow. And then the rest is history because after Thanksgiving, all hell breaks loose because it's that time of season where everybody goes nuts and starts going Christmas shopping. But we will start off with that. We'll start off tomorrow. Cannot wait. A great slate of games. Should be exciting. Can the Detroit Lions win their first game of the season? Maybe. Andy Dalton's starting, so we'll talk. We'll see about that. And a huge night game. Buffalo Bills and the New Orleans Saints. What to make of both of these games? We'll talk about that later in the week. But like I started with this show, this season has been unlike anything we've ever seen. It's been up and down. It's been hectic. It's been crazy. And another week in where we see massive upsets. This week, the Tennessee Titans go down to the once one win Houston Texans. And I did say that they were watched just with the way the season's been going. Wouldn't be surprised. But like I said, there's been a consistency, guys. There's been a consistency going on for the past 10 years. And it's the New York football Giants. Once again, coming off a long, the longest possible layoff that any team could have in the entire season on a Monday night, Joe laughs because it's just, it's just all shaping up. You would think it's perfect. Everything's going to be great. We're going to, we're going to get to see the full health team. But like I said, for the past 10 years, we shouldn't be surprised. Unlike this season, how we've been so stunned each and every week, we shouldn't be surprised by the reaction and the play and the execution of the New York football giants. It's the state of New York football. Hell, we can even go one step further. It's the state of New York sports. But one of us is going to tell you why this is the question I've been saying. We hate hearing words like this. Teams hate hearing the word rebuild because you don't really have expectations for the next coming years. You don't expect them to be competing for championships. All you're going to be seeing is a lot of losses, a lot of high draft picks, and just a lot of new faces. Not necessarily. Well, uh, well, we'll get into it, but I'll start off with Joe because he has had, he has got an interesting take. Is it back to square one once again for the New York football Giants, Joe? Joe, let's just say I'm glad you came over Sunday night instead yes. of Monday. We got, to, we got to get the trio together <laughs> yeah. for over a year. It was a hell of a time. We enjoyed some great football, a great Sunday night football too. Game. Yeah, we weren't stressed out about watching the Giants game. Yeah, we, well, we would have been miserable. So what do you expect, Joe? So let me start off by saying on our, our pregame show, I said the Giants would get blown out. And I actually said 30 to 10 
uh, as the score because it that just felt right. And nothing about this game surprised me or shocked me. And your question is a good one. Is it back to square one for Big Blue? Well, it's been 17 years since this team rebuilt. And before that, it had been uh, 2000, uh, 2004 to 1993. So what's that, another dozen years? And if you want to go back before that, it happened in the 1960s with Frank Gifford. And that's it. That's the three times the Giants have actually tried to rebuild this franchise and have gone in actual rebuild mode. It's every now and again, you you throw some free agents at it. You turn a, a 10 and 6, an 11 and 5, probably 9 and 7. You make the wild card. You feel like you did something. And you go back to 6 and 10 the next year. And that's been the way it's been. This team has enjoyed no sustained success. 19 winning seasons since 1964. That's a problem. This team has not enjoyed any success since 1964 outside of 85 to 92 and Eli's uh, 07 to 12. That's it. You, those again, four, yeah, those four throw in, throw in a, a couple of nine and sevens, a 10 and six here and there. This team has not done anything. It has failed to rebuild. It's the, the most antiquated old fashioned organization in sports. Definitely in the NFL. I mean, get real, get with it. This team's a disaster. And, you know, my whole thing with Joe Judge was, look, you, you, this the Giants aren't you, – if you're not going to go with a new school philosophy of football, <laughs> and they're, they're not going to, and to some degree I understand you kind of can't because it's, it's New York, although with climate change, the weather's pretty solid right through December uh, at the uh, at Giant Stadium. So that's not as, as much of a factor as it used to be. So I – I don't know. I mean, I would blow everybody out and I would literally start over from scratch. Don't get Russell Wilson. You, nothing stupid. Like just stop. Are we talking from, are we talking from general manager all the way down to quarterback? Everybody gone. I want, I would like to see all new people with a different philosophy. Well, it started, um, yesterday, it started yesterday with Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator going to end of terms as a New York Giant coordinator, and it, it it couldn't come any sooner. I'm surprised it lasted this long. This is an offense that's been putrid, anemic, incompetent at times. I mean, they were literally – they put up a stat yesterday. They've had 42 offensive touchdowns since the Jason Garrett, Joe Judge tenure has began. Fewest by far in the NFL. You think of the teams that have been in the NFL so far the past two seasons, the Lions, the Jaguars, the Jets, the New York Giants – are dead last in that category. There's no excuse for that. There's no excuse for them to be dead last with the talent that they have surrounding them. I know the injuries have played a huge part in the Giants the past two years, but still, you have better talent, a more more improved talent than those other teams. There is no possible way that this team should be dead last in offensive touchdowns the past two seasons. I think I heard like six teams at the top of the list have double the Giants 42. Okay. So here's the thing. Daniel Jones, since he's been an NFL starter, has 49 touchdowns and 49 turnovers. That's also their stats for this season. Is that why I sent you yesterday? Yes. They're not even scoring 20 points a game in a league where it's all quarterback and scoring. Listen, 
Dave, I don't know how you want to get into this. You want to you want to talk about the Tampa game, or you want to just talk about the whole thing? Because Monday's game was just a culmination of everything that we have talked about. Because here's the thing: Monday night's game was they finished with 215 total yards, the second lowest in the 26 game game era of Joe Judge's career. All right, it's 66 yards rushing, 15 first downs, season well, 54 offensive plays, Bucks gains. Let's see, what was the stat I had down? Here's what else is puzzling. You know, I have the stats and whatever. I can, you know, back up my information. Joe, you are right. They need to do a full rebuild. But you can go after Russell Wilson and still have a full rebuild. You currently you have, you have the same situation. Is he go to a better situation from Seattle? Here's the thing. Is- if that was a, hold on, Ted. Let me ask you. Does he go to a better situation in Seattle, the current situation to the Giants? Is that any of a, a leap? I think there's there's a better here's the thing. He he I wants to play with, he wants to play for a big city. Okay, he wants to play for New York. This is New York. We I actually do agree with Collins thing. It's a, why do we go big? Get into the Aaron Rodgers, get into the Deshaun Watson, get into yeah, the but teams that are right on the but there's a difference between teams on the cost. Yeah, okay. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is 37. He's not the future for any I listen, anybody. No, I know, but you go big. Tampa yeah, went big. Dead. Listen, I know, but there's a difference. Okay. I understand. They're more talented. They had better pieces around. He was just the kind of the final piece and put everything. They had receivers. They had a defensive, uh, pretty decent defensive off. I mean, offensive line. They drafted Tristan Wirfs. Bang, A plus. There we go. There's a there's a Pro Bowl right tackle for the next ten years. All right. We're gonna draft the kid uh, Hobart at second round. Put him at guard. We got. We're gonna bring in Sue for a cheap deal. We're gonna bring in Gronk for a cheap deal. We're gonna take AB off the street because no one else wants. We're gonna have a quarterback that that's gonna bring everyone together. It all works. Different situation though. I know the Giants are not there. Here's what's frustrating about the Giants, and this could be like our whole show. I was thinking about this last night, and I didn't even get a chance to write it down because I was doing everything else. Break down the Giants, right? We don't enjoy their coaching. We don't think their coaching is good enough. All right. So their coaching right there is a minus compared to you feel like most of the coaching in the NFL. It just, it doesn't seem right. Situational football, they're not good at. You would figure Joe Judge coming from the Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, um, you know, whatever, Christmas tree. There there would be, I said Christmas tree. I I don't care. Um, They, he, he's poor at it. And okay. We've been talking about, Joe was talking about this before, about records and rebuild. The offensive line is awful. It has not gotten better. And I'm not just talking to Gettleman here. It hasn't been good in, t- in a decade. It hasn't That's been good in a decade. Every year, we're going to fix the offense line. You know what they do? They put a bet nail in. It's not straight. It's bet, and it just comes out the other side. It just it, There's no offensive line, all right, which means you can't run the football. And we've talked about this. If you can't run the football, it, it sets everything else. Now you can't protect your quarterback. Daniel Jones was pressured 48% of the time on Monday night football. 48%. Every other drop back, he was pressured. All right? Six for 17 when he was pressured. One point yard and two turnovers. So you can't, you have no time. Trevor, I showed you the video yesterday um, that they broke down. Tampa Bay was running a zone scheme defensively. The Giants were running a man scheme passing trade. And three guys ran into each other like we were the, like we were the bad news bears, and then Sue was running over Will Hernandez like a speed bump running away from the cops. He just whoop, he just pushed him over. All speed right? bump running away from the cops. Here's the thing. That's an, that's an interesting one. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm on fire today. 
Here's oh, the thing. Oh, hold on. So, yeah. Shall we bring that? Should we bring back this uh, little uh, gem of a quote? Yo, we brought it back out. All right. So here's the problem. The offensive That's a classic line, right there. The offensive line, other than um, Andrew Thomas, all suck. They suck. They all need to go. All right. I'm okay with having well, nobody play right tackle. Maybe, 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 maybe one other guy we can keep. All right. But Will Hernandez. man. Hold on. The Will Hernandez experiment. We thought he was good the rookie of the season. He's gotten worse every season. He needs to go. All right, you're just a roadblock in the way that I'm going to run through. You just get out of the way, and at least we know no one's going to block the guy in front of you. I hate to say this, but Saquon needs to get moved. He is never going to work out for the Giants. His best fit will be somewhere else where he will be used to his full ability. He's had injuries the last two, three seasons. I think I showed you, Trevor, he's missed 18 games past two seasons, past two or three seasons. He's not going to be the same guy. The Giants are never going to use a guy like him right. So go ship him off to someone who is going to use him right and let him for us because he's not going to work for the Giants. And you're not going to give him an extension. You're not going to pay him the bucks. So you might as well trade him and get something value for him. All right? And Daniel, and then here's the other thing. Daniel Jones isn't good enough. Daniel Jones is not a good enough quarterback. You can't have – yeah, man, he had a really good game. And then he has three back. You, I know I'm running on, but he, he's not good enough to win. He's not good enough. He's not a good enough to um. Here's the thing. Erase the negative. Oh no, he's when not you, a good listen enough. To this. When you watch, when you watch Kyler Murray, okay, I know he hasn't won a Super Bowl. When you watch Justin Herbert, when you watch Russell Wilson, when you watch Josh Allen, you watch when you watch Lamar Jackson, right? He's not in their same boat. He's closer to Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua than he is to those guys, and that is not going to win you a Super Bowl in 2021. The league is about offense and scoring. What he had? What's he got this season? Nine touchdowns and seven picks. Brady had that in week two. I mean, ninety percent of the quarterbacks have that in week two. I mean, it's it's in a league that you're supposed to score points. We can't score twenty points a game. Can't I just don't average, get it. Can't even average nineteen points a game. Well, so here's the thing. Look, firing Jason Garrett was a great move. I messaged you guys must. during the game, and I was like, I don't understand the what's the playbook? What are they doing? I didn't understand. Like they ran some cool different plays, but like I didn't understand what so were you no trying middle. to. There was so nothing. A, there was no reason. Receiver in Galladay, and he had one catch for twelve yards. I don't under why why pay a guy like that if you're not going to use him. Like that's my biggest thing as a fan. Okay, maybe schematics, maybe teams are taking things away, but you as an offensive coordinator have to find a way to get guys open, put them in motion, stack them at the box so that you know so you can't get press coverage, run him off, use him in screens. How does a guy if you're going to pay for a guy like that? Then use them. I see. That's what kills me. Why? Why waste the money? Why spend the money? I mean, just let someone else and just pick up a seventh round guy because we can do the same thing. I mean, Joe, you, me, and Trev could do the same thing. We'll just go run a route. I mean, we won't catch anything. That's fine. But we'll it's just a, be Joe, a I, thing. I agree, Joe. I actually agree with you. I was thinking about it. Like back to square one. Nobody likes like teams like the Jets, Jaguars, Browns. Up until recently, when they started winning some games. Um, who else? The Texans, teams like that, that have been like in complete, it seems like since they've started, they've been in complete rebuild modes. I feel like with the Giants case, Joe, you're 100% right. It's never been back to square one. It's always been a year or two we're like happy and then we go back. It's just, it's never been steady. It's never been consistent. And we talked about it early in the year that 
This is a franchise that's been most of the time a losing franchise. It's all the only reason why we talk so highly of the New York Giants amongst the NFL greats as franchises is because of those four cover-ups. They have four Super Bowls. That that's what it comes down to. They have those four Super Bowls that we'll all talk about. But what we don't ever talk about is like we talked about in the beginning of the year. How for majority of their franchise during the A- the AFL, NFL, and all this time, they've been a losing franchise for most of the time. And that just speaks volumes to where this this franchise is going. So we can't ever say, is it back to square one when we haven't even started? Because it feels like we always try to get something started. We always feel like, oh, yes, this this is in the right direction. Well, we're going backwards again. And we're going to just go back to point one because we just don't know how to start and get the engine moving. Here's the one thing I would say. We don't have to go square one on defense. I think the defense – I'm talking about as a whole, as a franchise, not even just defense, offense, talking a whole. I I think the defense, if you bring back a healthy Blake Martinez, if Jabril Peppers is healthy, Bradbury's had a bad, a poor season this season. But we've talked about this since the time we've lost Strahan, Tuck, Kiwanuka, and anyone else that you want to name who you thought was a good enough pass rusher. We don't have a pass rusher. Okay, Leonard Williams is a nice piece. He's got to be a complimentary piece. All right, you got to have an outside guy who puts pressure. So then, Leonard Williams is not double coverage, uh, double team during the middle of the the offense line. Okay, because here's the thing: look at the picks that Gettleman's made. Barkley bust. Sorry, it's a bust. Daniel Jones bust. He's garbage. Enough of the the patty cake. You know what you got in three seasons. The next seven games is going to be as your uh, tryout, guys. This is high school tryouts. Best seven games. See what you got after that. We'll, we'll scrap it. Now, the problem is there's no quarterback in the uh, draft class next year that's worth going to get. So you got to go get a veteran. Or you ride with Daniel Jones for one more season, fix the offensive line, trade Barkley, figure out what you got to do, get a pass rusher, get rid of the whole coaching staff, all right, get rid of Gettleman, get rid of the scouting team, because anyone who thinks all these – I mean, we can go back every draft class. I mean, it's garbage. The reason why Dallas Cowboys are a good team is because they hit home runs. Zach Martin, Zeke, CeeDee Lamb, Van Der Esch. They had Jalen Smith, who was a, a, a – Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs. I mean, can I just keep going? I mean, this say, is the reason say, why say, they uh, are – You say guys like Travis yeah. Frederick and Tyron Smith and Zach Martin and all those Well, those guys are too. even farther back. I'm just even talking recent. The linebackers, the Trayvon Diggs. I mean, they're the ones – when you hit on your draft class, yeah, but they also take yeah, but they also take chances. BT dubs, and let me just clear up something that my man Jared Jones said. He said I wouldn't describe any Giants team in history as a dynasty since the inception of the Super Bowl. That would be inaccurate. Uh the 85 Giants were 10 and 6, 86, 14 and 2. The strike year, 6 and 9, that doesn't count. Um yeah, then 88, 10 and 6, 12 and 4 and 89, 13 and 3 in 1990. That's a dynasty. That was two Super Bowls and um like five points. Uh, he's just yeah. mad because Dallas Cowboys haven't yeah. done Uh so yeah, years. I mean that's but that's literally the only sustained run that the Giants have had. Mm-hmm. They haven't had anything like that. They won eleven games in ninety-three. And everybody was like, oh, they don't suck. Uh, they didn't win 10 games again until 97. So let me ask you guys this. What would you guys do then? How would you – How would you? I'll start with – I'll start with Joe. Hold on. I'll start with Joe and then go and then go finish off with Ted and then we'll get into our next point. How would you – how would you clean – how would you do this? 
I'd fire Gediman. I would fire Joe Judge. I would fire, um, I, you know, uh, I would I would be curious to talk to Patrick Graham about the head coaching job, but I would I I, I would be more interested in somebody of I feel like John we need Harbaugh. an offensive ma- higher. Yeah, I mean, I I want somebody who's. Got the resume. You know what I mean? This can't be, this isn't like a learn as you go job. It's not the presidency of the United States. This is New York. Uh, Right. This, This, you, you gotta, you need a really good coach. And then you're going to have to go out and get a good quarterback. And the cool thing is, is whoever you do get, you do have some pieces. You got to build this offensive line. If you're going to be a, a run first or a play action. I mean, then you need a good offensive line. So, you know, there's things that they can do, but again, this team came into this season having evaluated the talent on the offensive line and decided it was great. Big improvement. Didn't happen. Nope. Are you done? Oh, a four-year dynasty. How long does a dynasty have to be? I think two, two champ. I think two championships. No, and four years, four Joe, years. did you not realize four the seasons? That's a dynasty. Joe, did you not realize the Dallas Cowboys have been in a dynasty since 1995? They've been in a 25-year dynasty. I'm not going to talk crap. The Giants suck. Okay, the Giants suck. They haven't been good in a while. This is the reason why Eli's last three years were awful because their offensive line was garbage and it hasn't gotten any better. And when your offensive line isn't good, you're not going to be successful in the NFL, man. It's just plain and simple. If your quarterback's in pressure 48% of the time and he can't, and he's not, and they don't have a running game and, and he's just not good enough like a Russell Wilson or Rogers to see guys open and be able to make quick decisions. Then you have a you have an ultimate problem. You have a stinker, and this is what the team is. Joe, I I don't know if I agree with the Joe Judge firing. I understand it. Do we really want to start with a new coach two years again? I feel like we're the Browns, the Jets, the Lions, where we're just you know changing underwear every other day. The only problem is if you keep Joe Judge, you limit who you get as a a GM. And I do understand where you're coming from. Where hey, listen, the GM wants to bring in his guy. Now, if you keep Joe Judge, some GMs are like, hey, listen, I want to pick my guy. Joe Judge, I like Joe Judge, but I don't want him on. So you get into a discrepancy, and I understand. If you're going to – here's the thing. The next seven games are tryouts. You know, here's realistically what I think the Giants do. The Giants don't make a big move for a quarterback. They ride with Daniel Jones through the fourth year. Don't give him the fifth-year option. All right. They bring back Barkley next year because they already picked up his fifth-year option. So Barkley and Daniel Jones will be there next year. Uh, Kadiris, Tony, Galladay will all be there. All right. They're going to have to go draft offensive linemen, go trade for offensive linemen, go do whatever they have to do, and they go get a pass rusher. Really, that's what they think the Giants do. The Giants go and say, you know what? We're going to we're gonna go get a new, a new GM. They'll probably keep Joe Judge because that's what the Giants will do. They'll let it ride out for one more year. You know what I mean? And say, okay, we're going to ride Daniel Jones one more year. We're going to ride the Barkley train because they already picked up his fifth-year option. There's nowhere to go. And then, and unless it, listen, unless the next seven games are a total crumble, and we win one or two at one game out of the next seven games, you know, and we're four and thirteen, you know, maybe maybe my maybe my prediction is totally off, but I don't know, I don't, I can't see the Giants 
just based on 34 years of experience, totally ripping everything apart. They're one of those people where they only do half a half-assed job. They don't they don't tear it to the bare bones and start from scratch. They try to duct tape it and say, hey, if we just patch it over and we can put some other pieces, like, no one will notice and cover it up. I feel like they've been trying to do that for years now, and it's still that Band-Aid just keeps getting – I mean, that, that cut, that wound keeps getting opened up even more and more. And that's that's where the Giants are currently right now. And if we've seen, <clears throat> if we've seen from anything from Monday, they have a long way to go from competing – for championships. You know, the other huge mistake this team made was letting Jason Pierre or Paul go and not ever addressing that. Yeah, I think we talked about that on Monday too. It was like to, well, right, think- to watch the Giants rush the quarterback was I mean, it was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I felt like I could have done a better job or as good a job as what I saw there. I mean, they put zero pressure on Tom Brady all night. It, it was pathetic. He had four plays. Can't over. get to him, especially when they rush three. No chance. No, I know, I know. But back at so let's get into our next point. So back in the day when the Giants drafted Saquon Barkley, I used to say a um, a little hashtag. I used to say build with Saquon. Well, there's a team that is doing the right thing and using their weapons, utilizing their weapons to their strengths, and this team is building. With this guy, they were a little confused. These two guys over here when I put this originally this question because they didn't know who I was talking about. But as I added a little period and I added the last name, it is not Justin Timberlake because I said I thought Timberlake was going to win the MVP. He's having a good year. <laughs> he won the he won the Super Bowl MVP one year. <laughs> but this is a man and a team that's gaining steam. And getting into a situation where this AFC, where we've been talking about it, it seems like each and every week, this wide open NFL, but specifically this wide open AFC right now. And we'll get into our top 10 rankings in a little bit. This is another team that has, just like the Patriots, just like the Chiefs, who have had some rough starts to the season, but they're gaining steam, they're gaining confidence, and they're gaining trust within one another. And I think everything is starting. I know this defense has been stifling. It's been dominant. They've been kicking ass. They just went into Buffalo, and that's a tough place to play. And the Buffalo Bills were nowhere to be found. They went hiding and hibernating for the entire year, it seemed like, for that 60 minutes. But I know this league is dominated by quarterbacks. I know that last year was a great example of that in the sense of the uh, rookie of the year talk. Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson had a historic season at a receiver. But so did Justin Herbert. The edge is always going to go to the quarterback. And in the year with where these teams and these players have been very similar, it's been an each and every week, what have you done for me? Who's the hot contender? Who's the team? Or who's the player? And it seems like right now we're getting unexpected results. We are getting surprises. We are getting each and every week in the sense of who do we pick? Who do we pick as a Super Bowl winner? And who do we pick as an MVP winner right now? Because it's been like that each and every week. We keep saying it. One team's about one number one team. The next week they're gone. They lose. It's like the MVP race. One week it's Brady. Next week it's Dak. Next week it's Lamar. Next week it's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Stafford. Yada, yada, yada. You know the list. But there's a new name that has had a resurgence. Because he started off very poorly. First three games, did 171 yards and only one touchdown in the first four games. This man is on a tear. But with his play and with the team's play, can Jonathan Taylor, Jay Taylor, overcome 
the quarterback-driven league and win an NFL MVP. Could be the fourth running back to do it, the first since 2011, Adrian Peterson. The other two were LT in 06. In 2005, Ted, do you remember who the MVP was in 2005? He was a running back. Yeah. Who? Uh, Priest Holmes. You're close. Nah, Sean Alexander. Anyways, Joe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like 24 touchdowns for Seattle, and that was the last time he was good. Okay. Joe? Yeah, uh, Jonathan Taylor can win the MVP award if he rushes for 2,106 yards or more. I think if you break Eric Dickerson's record, which has stood since 1984, I think you could legitimately overcome everybody else because, as Derrick <laughs> Henry can tell you, even rushing for 2,000 yards isn't it. enough to win the MVP. Well, Although, if you lead the team to the playoffs, that's a whole different situation. This is also a year where, you know, we did just talk about that. There, It's week to week because no one's pulled away. And so, yeah. again... You know, dude, two weeks from now, uh, he could be out for the season and we could for completely forget Jonathan Taylor was even in the conversation okay, for the moment. I, I really hope he doesn't because he, what he's been doing recently has been well, He's not on my fantasy team. He's on my fantasy team, and I've won mm, seven yeah. in a row. Just keep kicking everyone's rear end. Coming right for the Coming right for him. Hey, let's put it this way. Can he have a chance to win it? Absolutely. He's – his game against the Bills really, you know, kind of propped him up. And here, and here's the other thing, Joe. You made a good point, Trev. We've talked about this. You talked about it as one of our topics last week on the show. Parity, right? None of the quarterbacks have really taken control of this. And Jonathan Taylor has really stepped up. The quarterbacks in parity have bounced around. You know, one week it was Brady, first couple weeks. Then it was Mahomes. Then it was Stafford. Then it was Murray. Then it was Lamar. Now Lamar has been sick, missed a couple games. Murray's been out for two games. Brady's been pretty consistent, but nothing great. Stafford's had a couple poor weeks, you know. So this is where a perfect example where Jonathan Taylor has stepped up. And listen, Joe's right. If he can run for over 2,000 yards, lead the Colts to the playoffs, they started off 0-3. Then they went 1-4. This is something similar to Frank Wright's team I was just looking at. In 2018, they started 1-5, ended up finishing 10-6. Speaks volume to what type of was coach that with, um, Was that with uh, Andrew Luck? 18? Was Andrew Luck How on the long has Andrew Luck been gone for? Probably 18. Maybe 18 was the team. Either way, here's here's the big thing. The Colts are now are finally starting to get healthy. Their offense line was a little beat up in the early part of the season. If you look at the Colts' first five games, pretty tough. I mean, pretty tough, you know, situation games that they had to play. They were the Adel, the Rams, the Titans, the Dolphins, and the Ravens were their first five games. Pretty and all pretty tough games. Yeah. And and you don't really know what teams are going to be. They're the healthiest. And, you, you know, mm-hmm. Carson Wentz coming in a new system. Carson Wentz has kind of found a comfort zone the last couple of weeks. Don't ask him to do too much. Run behind that great offense line and Quentin Nelson. Jonathan Taylor, we loved him at Wisconsin. We weren't sure if he was a product of the system like a lot of Wisconsin running backs have been. He was dominant by Monte Ball, uh, Melvin Gordon, Ron Dane. James White. Calhoun. They all yep. didn't, They weren't all great in the NFL. All right, they've all been somewhat productive, but no one has really taken control like this kid has. Now they got a big game this Sunday. It's home mm-hmm. against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who's one of the best run defense in football. If yep. they can take care of business and he has another big game, you know, it's a definitely a possibility. Here's the thing: your team has to win, and you have to be the leader of the pack. And I think he has a realistic chance. Do I think he wins it? Probably not, because you know one of these two or three quarterbacks are going to go on a roll. 
And, you know, the Colts will be a wild card team and like Brady will end up finishing with like 5,500 yards passing, like 45 touchdowns. And they'll be the number one seed and he'll end up winning because he's Tom Brady and the Bucks and Jonathan Taylor will be the running back. Okay, listen, good effort. You'll win offensive player of the year. You won't win an MVP like last year. Talk about stats, his stats right now. He currently is first in rushing with 1,122 yards, first in scrimmage yards, 1,444. Number one in touchdowns overall, 15. 13 of those are rushing. Number one in runs of 20-plus yards, 10 and 40-plus yards, three. Number one in first downs. Also, he has he has more 19 rushing first downs than any other player, plus consistency. I'm reading this article right now. Eight straight games with 100 scrimmage yards and a rushing touchdown. By the way, the last to do that was in 2006, LaDainian Tomlinson, who won the MVP. And well, this is a year – This is if there's any year that we can say a running back or an outlier, we're going to call them, couldn't win an MVP, it's this year. Kind of just like the NFL season. If there's an outlier right now, a wild card team that could win a Super Bowl, it's this year because it's a weekend, week out, what have you done for me results this specific season. Any other year, we'd all be like, yeah, running backs, running back, or quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. This year, you're like, well, the quarterbacks have been amazing. But Jonathan Taylor, and I know we got to take a consideration, guys, that Derrick Henry has been out and where we hit, where he would be right now, we don't know if he was out. <laughs> Before Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor finally took over the reins of the top rusher in the NFL right now after last week's historic performance. So you see that, and this is the type of year that we can see it easily happening where a running back or a nine quarterback could win the trophy of Joe. No, um, (laughs) he just knocks it down again. You're what, what, what would have to happen? Like I said, is he'd have to, he'd have to break. Dickerson's record. Uh, otherwise, you know, when you're talking about MVPs, Ladani Tomlinson and Sean Alexander, before that, you're talking uh, Marshall Falk, mm-hmm. Jarrell Davis, a 2,000 yard guy. Mm-hmm. Um, r- running backs that win the MVP are also pass catching guys. And I just don't think that Jonathan Taylor uh, does enough catching the football. It might hurt him, but you know what I mean. I, I again, to me, if he if he can break the two thousand, and especially if he breaks twenty one oh five, then yeah, I mean that would definitely be an MVP caliber season. It's yeah. just again for me the the that end of it, it's hard without being an, an over two thousand yard guy. Henry just proved it. If if you don't break the record, if you're not a big pass catching guy. They don't really value that as much. Here's the thing. He'd have to have over 1,000 yards in the next seven games, and it's likely not going to happen. He'll finish probably around 1,800 yards. About he won't 20, win it then. With 23 touchdowns, they'll finish with a, a decent record. They'll make the playoffs, but he won't win it. If anything, he'll win Offensive Player of the Year like they well, we'll do every see. year. Like, like that's Derrick what, Henry did. Like that's what every did. stud running back in the 80s did. 1,800 we'll yards we'll and see. 23 touchdowns. That's what you were expected to do. That's we'll not going to win him we'll an MVP. We'll see what happens. It's been this wide open season, so we don't know what to expect in the MVP race alongside a Super Bowl winner. We don't have any of that. But what we do have for you this week is our weekly top 10 power rankings. Who wants to start, guys? Who wants to be first? first? You want to start first? Okay. So then here's go Ted's. Go to Joe, then go to you. Yep. Cardinals, Packers, Bucks, 
Pats. Wow, you got the Pats in the top five. Chiefs, look at that. All of a sudden, we got the all. Oh, look at the Chiefs. Everybody's getting high on the Chiefs right now. Ravens, Rams, Cowboys, Titans, Chargers. Okay. I have no problem with this. A lot, lot less div, uh, top heavy NFC now. Uh, yeah, I don't love. Just say, Joe, say number 10. Love... Say Wait, love which one didn't I like? This is your list? Oh, I'm this looking at 10. my list. <laughs> I was just looking at my list to compare to yours, and I'm like, I don't like your list. And then I realized I was talking about my own. Actually, I do <laughs> like your list. Man, does he feel like his own list? He Man, what, 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 did you have, what did you have different than mine that you're just you were thinking about? I was going to say, if I feel like you've overvalued the Ravens, but I have them at three, so that argument isn't worth having. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, the reason why I put the Cardinals in, and as much, and I know the Packers, listen, I told you the Vikings were going to beat the Packers. The Packer, Kirk Cousins always plays very well against the Packers. The Vikings have always played well against the Packers. They always seem to split every year. That's always a great matchup. You know, last year, if you remember, Dalvin Cook, remember he went for like 200 yards and like four touchdowns against them up in Green Bay. Mm -hmm. He had a huge game. So they always play well. I felt this was a game that Minnesota, I thought about putting Minnesota close to that top 10. They were the only team in the NFL that have led by seven points in every game this season. Their defense, their difference between the quarterback being sacked and, and, um, and, them sacking the quarterback is the biggest difference in the NFL. They put pressure on the quarterback. Kirk Cousins doesn't get it. Kirk Cousins is playing. Listen, I know it's Kirk Cousins' regular season, you know, but he's playing great. I mean, if you have him for fantasy, if, if you're a Vikings fan, you got to love 21 touchdowns, two picks, making all the right plays. They have two stud receivers in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. They're a team to be watched. That's a team like them and the Colts to be aware of um, going forward. But the reason why I have the Cardinals over the Packers is because – of their two impressive wins with all their backup players to be able to go into San Francisco and then be able to go into and to be able to go into Seattle with Colt McCoy and not run the ball for 40 times for 200 yards, but throw the ball for over 330 yards. Don't change the offense. Still win impressively. See, that's the difference between Cliff Kingsbury and Jason freaking Garrett. Colt McCoy goes in and throws for 105 yards. He goes in this year and throws for 330 yards. That's pretty much the same defense. It's crazy. I mean, pretty much the same defense. I guess the Chargers, I'm curious, I, the I Chargers, know, I know, I know. Chargers over the Bills. That's a gutsy move. Wait, I didn't have the Bills in there? No. Nope. Also, I looked at all of our, we all did five and five, five AFC and five NFC. Not the same I, teams, though. So, Joe, I, I was doing this quick over the phone with Trev. I was like, what do you got for t – give me 10 teams. And then I was like, I'll just put them in order. And I totally forgot about the Bills, Trev. I'm surprised. No, they does not. The, the Bills haven't played well. I still think I would take the Bills over the Chargers. I don't like what they've done. Yeah, they're so, they're so, they're like James Harden. They're so one dimensional right now in the sense of offense. They can't run the ball. They can, and then when they got to rely on Josh Allen to do everything, and that's not going to get you the job done. Where the Chargers listen, they're they're he's biggest talented enough, but that's not going to get you the job done. Well, then the Chargers' question is their defense. They have Austin Eckler, who had a huge week this season in fantasy. Justin Herbert. He, he won a game that Joe has been talking about. Something that you wanted to see. Joe was like, yeah, he's going to blow this game. What's he doing? He throws a touchdown. Joe's like, ah, shit. Well, listen, that was a busted coverage. But he he made the read. It was a spot-on throw. I think Joe was more mad that he had money. He was more mad that he had the Steelers winning. He had, the more listen, he had, had over 400 yards of total offense. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, Justin well, Herbert. See, this is – can I say, son, this is the reason why I get on to Daniel Jones. Is Daniel Jones is athletic. But his ability to know where he's going the ball, field. like we've talked about with Mac Jones, knowing where to go with the ball when you're pressured, and then using your athleticism like Justin Herbert did the other night, where he doesn't really do that a lot. But take off and run. Make something happen. Joseph. You know what? Go ahead, Joe. Let's see. So Packers All right. Ravens straight. I guess – if I have a problem with Herbert and the Chargers, <laughs> it's that he's still a 500 quarterback for his career. That's fine. I mean, again, he's, he's winning the games though now this year. Do you want well, him over Daniel Jones? Do you want him over Daniel Jones? I want I want a guy that's going to win games. That's not Daniel Jones then. He's, but I'm just saying this guy's still only winning at a 50 percent clip, and I, I don't know. know that I. I want to see more. He's, that's a good team around him. I think they should be playing better than they are. That's why I left them off of my list in favor of the Bills, who are incredibly one-dimensional. And much like the Giants went into the offseason knowing they had a glaring problem and they didn't address it, and now they're dealing with the consequences. The rest of my list is perfect. Other than the Ravens at three? The Ravens, I still think right now are the best team in the AFC in the regular season because they have the best regular season quarterback on the planet in Lamar Jackson. And that was okay. an impressive win to win, to play without your starting quarterback last minute. Find out. I mean, they well, got, they, what, I mean, what a throw! Third and twelve to throw to Sammy Watkins. Just that's 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 impressive. Well, here's also, thing. this is. I might, I, maybe you guys knew this. I didn't. I don't know why in my head I thought Huntley was a white guy. No, he played Ooh. for uh, Utah. Who am I thinking of? I had never well, seen oh, him Chase play McSorley. before, and I saw it, and I was like, thinking, oh. like Chase McSorley. I don't know. Maybe. He's well, the other Hunt, the other Huntley is um, Brett Huntley. Was Brett Huntley? It's, was back it's, back. it's Hunt. Hunt. Hunt was uh, Brett Huntley. Oh, all right. There you go. Yeah, I get, I'm you. old. I, I get confused. Youngster got the old timers. Anyways, he looked good. Uh, you know, and it's funny because a few weeks ago, I was I was talking about the fact that uh, the Ravens' backup quarterback. Did I didn't well. think because I was thinking it was somebody different. I didn't I didn't see him. I just saw the name, and I was like, "Oh, you need a guy that's more like Lamar." This guy's pretty solid. Did it well. He did a good enough job. Guy. Played, played pretty, really really well. Good for what that. What do you think of my list? No, I don't off. know if I, I still don't know if I'd have the Colts over the Chargers and Bills. I see where you're coming Joe from. Way, Joe says way off. <laughs> no, Dude, you're really riding the hot hand three and four, huh? Jeez. No respect for the Ravens or the Titans. Uh, you just I just see pull because the Colts out in of the your sense, Easter. In the sense for me with the Patriots, I feel like they are the most balanced team in the AFC right now. And I know this is going to be a telling sign in the next coming weeks because they're going to play the heart of their schedule. And we're going to see what this team is really made of. But you, we talked about on Friday, shutting on an NFL team is impressive. And with the way this defense has been playing, with the way this running attack is going, they don't have a major weakness. The Chiefs, their defense has been playing better as of late. So if their defense can, can continue to improve each and every week with the way that Mahomes, if he can continue to just not turn the ball over, this team is going to be dangerous. It's still the Chiefs. We 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 forgot about the Chiefs like they were they were they've been garbage. No, this has been the kings of the AFC for the past couple of years. They're just starting to get back into the groove of things. And I just don't trust the fact that the Ravens, well, sometimes Lamar gets sick more often than not. Not, I mean, he's getting sick a lot recently. 
And that's something that I get nervous about. But I also the, the weapons. I think having that weapons and their defense is not like the Baltimore Ravens of old and and how they used how they have been throughout. I just really think the Patriots are a well-balanced attack, and I don't see any major weaknesses on that team. And the Chiefs, whenever you have Patrick Mahomes, I know he's been turning the ball over a lot, but he's leading the league in passing yards. He's still doing Patrick Mahomes' thing. He's still the Chiefs. And I like the Colts because they're getting they're improving each and every week. Those three teams are improving. Yeah, but here's the thing: I trust Josh Allen and Herbert more than I trust Carson Wentz. I don't trust. Here's the thing. The reason why I didn't put the Bills, I'm just not. They're going way, way back for me because they that one bad game. Was, and I said, and I no, they've had two bad games. They've lost. They've lost a couple games recently because they rely so heavily. I don't know if there's one team maybe other than the Baltimore Ravens. There's one team that relies so heavily on their quarterback to do so much. Maybe the Packers as well and Aaron Rodgers. But Josh Allen, because of their lack of running of a rushing attack, and when their defense isn't playing well, like just happened. You're going to get results like that. They haven't looked impressive to me. I can't put them in my top ten when they've lost two of the last three weeks. And they haven't looked good. They beat the Jets last week. I know it was impressive because they beat the Jets. But you lost to Jacksonville and the way they lost. And then you lost to the Colts in a a game that has a playoff-type feel to it. You're playing against a team that's been been struggling at the Colts or getting hot. And they went into Buffalo and they kicked the crap out of you. I'm not impressed with Buffalo. The Chargers scare me too because their defense is is not where it should be, and it's the Chargers. They find ways to lose games. I mean, they were. I was surprising that they found a way to win on Sunday night, but they almost blew that game. They were winning. They almost blew it. So it felt like the chart. It's the Chargers to me, and that's why I got the Colts. And they have right now the best. But they're playing probably the best player in the NFL currently right now. He's playing at that level in Jonathan Taylor. You made some good points. Thank you. I usually You're do. wrong, but good points <laughs> nonetheless. It's funny. I looked over our lists, and, you know, I think three to six, it's basically all the same teams, just in a mishmashed order, but pretty much seven through nine and one through three, we're all in lockstep as a group here. It really, to me, boiled down to we all picked a different 10th team, and that was the only difference on the list. Chargers, Bills, Colts, and they're all AFC teams. Yeah. Well, Which yeah. I think is the more uh, the league. I think that's a little bit more open. But that's because the, again, that's the AFC for you. You want to think that the Chiefs are back, and I know most people are kind of on board with that. Uh, jury's still out for me. Yeah, honestly, see, like, we'll see. see. Like for me this week, I could see Dallas getting back onto the wagon, taking care of business against the Raiders. I could see the Bills be, beating the Saints. I would, unfortunately, listen, it's part of the game, but I would have loved to see Tennessee Titans with a Derrick Henry against the Patriots. I feel like the Patriots, the Patriots are home this week. It won't uh, even matter. Yeah. It's not even going to matter. They're going to they're gonna pressure. We got some huge games this week, boys. We got Buccaneers, Colts. We got we got Green Bay against um, L.A.'s visiting uh, Frozen Tundra. We got a huge slate of games. Yes, and then, Balt- and then Baltimore-Cleveland Sunday night. Yeah. And don't forget about the uh, huge game on Monday night, Washington and Seattle, boar fest. Anyways, I wanted to close out with, um, well, since tomorrow's Thanksgiving, got any uh, memories? What's your favorite thing about Thanksgiving, guys? I got to go work on it. <laughs> so do I, buddy. No, honestly, honestly, uh, either. Usually either rest the games. Well, yeah, I mean, not prepping. I got the New Haven game. But, no, uh, honestly, it would be uh, probably doing the uh, – other than playing, but I lost. 
Oh, was the game that we got to do. You you commentated the game, and I got to ref the North Haven Amity game. Yeah, Joe, I don't know if you ever knew that, but me and my brother – I think it was before we even did we went to CSP. Me and my brother – No, it was, like that. it was like that year. He officiated the game, and I was commentating the game. Yeah, North no, Haven you told Amity me that. That was a cooler moment for yeah. me and Thanksgiving. I always liked Thanksgiving in the sense of just – Plus, it was in our hometown, so it made everything pretty cool and – how about you? And I don't think I don't think we had to go to work either after that noon. So that was even no, nicer. we had off. Nineteen ninety two, Turkey Day, Stoddard Bowl, Platte Maloney. We got we were we were uh, seven is, is, and oh, wait, seven on. and two going in, wait. and um, we got humbled that day. Yeah, because you were running the ball like this. Trev, huh? I got it, Trev. Yeah, show it. Yeah, that's yeah. There you go. That's how Joe is gonna teach how to run the football. We lost that day, and and Talking after like the game, this. our coach told us that our turkey should taste like crow. <laughs> and I've oh. never enjoyed Thanksgiving since. Wow, I was born in '92, so beautiful. That's a good thing. You don't want to lose your senior year in the Thanksgiving Day game, and, and that's your last game. That's how hey, you Joe, go out. Joe, you know how I ended on my senior day? Six seconds left, 65-yard touchdown catch. We lose 33-7, to but I scored and kicked the extra point to end the game. That's dope. Who cares? That's dope. Nice job, OBJ. You just said you should never lose on, on Thanksgiving. Yeah, but day. he's got the highlight. What does he care? His teammates are the losers, not him. <laughs> Facts. Back. Well, I won in my th- I won on my senior year, so I'm gonna make a, contro- a controversial statement right now because I know this is a big deal. I think turkey is one of the most overrated things. I love Thanksgiving. I hate that we eat turkey. I think turkey's god over. I think it's so overrated. I think it's an absolute abomination. I think we should make lasagna. I think you should I have more. I think what Matt Judon said for New England that mac and cheese is overrated, just cheese with noodles. Do you have know. an overrated statement, a controversial statement about Thanksgiving? Yeah, I don't think that any sort of pasta needs to be involved with a meal that's already like 8,000 calories. How does carb loading, like, matter how does that help? I don't want that. I, Dude, my family, there's a lasagna usually, and everybody cuts a piece. I never end up eating it. It's like, I'm already so stuffed. Now I'm going to put, like, 900 grams of carbs on top of that? Holy smokes, I'll be sleeping in 15 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I think turkey. No, you need to have. I feel like you got to have the pasta. You got to add some sort of pasta in it, whether it's mac and cheese, a lasagna, any type of that pasta. Yeah, you got to you know it's overrated. Turkey's too. No, turkey's the most overrated thing in the entire Thanksgiving yeah. um, food pyramid. Yeah. Yes. Yes. With the gravy with the cranberry sauce. No, I get one plate of turkey and I'm done. It's boring. It puts you to sleep. And there's football all day. You don't want to fall asleep when there's football on. You know what I want to know? Who decided a bean casserole should be a thing? <laughs> oh, that does not. What? No, it should be like a sweet potato casserole. Yeah. You know, no, thanks, coleslaw, Karen. Keep coleslaw. your beans. No, no coleslaw. No coleslaw. Don't do coleslaw. You need a little coleslaw. That's how you make the turkey taste better. No, you don't. You put bacon on it, and you wrap it with brown sugar. And you wrap it with brown sugar. Slaw is the law when it comes to dry meat. Oh my god! I think Thanksgiving food is all right. Nothing, nothing to be amazed by. Yeah, like more, Jeff's more of a Christmas Eve guy. The seven fishes, Jeff. 
Oh yeah. Hey, I'm always are... down for that. Oh, see you know what are... I do look forward to though is um I I bought five pies. Why? Sweet potato, <laughs> chocolate cream, pumpkin, pumpkin pie, apple. pecan pie, and a blueberry pie. That's great. Now, That's all five. Are those the five? That's your five pies. No way. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. That's impressive. I'm having one of each. Gonna call it a sampler plate. You just complained about pasta, but you're gonna talk about having freaking pie. Oh my god, though that pumpkin pie you warm it up a little bit in the microwave with some whipped cream. It's pie. Yeah, but it, that's it's just... a different kind of carbs, don't you understand? It's the kind you too. can drink with some milk. It's a I different mean... kind of carb. Come on. No, freaking booze. Well, <laughs> before <laughs> I mean with Bailey's in it. <laughs> I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Christmas. I need my seafood. Oh no 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 no! By the way, can I throw something out at you? Um, I'm a person who thinks Die Hard's a Christmas movie kind of no, guy. No, there's a there is a Christmas movie I would like everybody to watch if you haven't already. It stars Dennis Leary and oh, Kevin so Spacey. Yeah, you told it's us called that. The Ref. I promise you. You will. It's a beautiful Christmas movie. It's the you'll you will laugh your face off. It's a great movie. It's like a black black humor, very dark, okay. but very funny uh, and and heartwarming a little bit. It's great. Well, this, if you want to watch a Christmas movie, there's a recommendation by the Joseph McGuire. And if you want more recommendations, Christmas movies, you can follow the Joseph McGuire on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all many more social medias. I'll do Home Alone too. Home Alone too. Hell yeah. But we are signing off before we say or we sign off from the keys to this city family. We all want to say have a safe, healthy, and wonderful happy Thanksgiving from all of us to all of you. We'll be back Friday discussing week 12, and we'll see what happens tomorrow on Turkey Day with some big games in the NFL. Cannot wait. A huge college football weekend. We'll talk all about that, too. Hey, Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. To the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcast cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.